the game is over and you want more. When the news breaks and you want more. When you wake up and you want more. It's highlights, it's breakdowns, it's analysis, it's opinion, it's curbside reaction. Your next day post-game podcast and it starts now. Yeah, I think just obviously tilted the ice in our favor, started putting pucks to the goal line and, and playing in the offensive zone and getting to the net and kind of doing all the little things. So um, power play was good, um, you know, converted twice. And, and, you know, I thought our 5 on 5 game was real strong. We honestly weren't that frustrated with our first period. You know, you take three penalties and give the best power play unit in the league a lot of looks, that's going to, you know, obviously take away a lot of momentum. But I thought our start was good. You know, 5 on 5 we were good. We thought we controlled most of the game. And, you know, when you give them power plays, you're going to get in trouble and gives their top guys confidence, get them feeling the puck. And, and you know, you don't want to do that. So, but obviously came in here, regrouped. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, our part of our identity is getting pucks to the goal line and, um, you know, wearing teams down, playing in the O-zone, getting the puck a little high and getting to the net and getting shots there. So I thought we did a better job of that in the second. And, um, you know, obviously worked out for us. I mean, there's no excuses for the Toronto game. We just we were flat, but um, you know, we knew as a group that we needed to you know right right our wrongs, and um, you know, came out here tonight and I thought played pretty well. Well, that was Jake Neighbors as the St. Louis Blues completed a heck of a homestand opening game with a six to three win over the Edmonton Oilers, handing the Oilers their third loss in five games since the end of their 16 game win streak, and the Blues now have a four-point lead over the Nashville Predators for a wild-card spot in the Western Conference. Hello, everybody. I'm Chris Kerber, and welcome into Curbside Reaction, your next-day post-game podcast featuring everything St. Louis Blues, a huge game for the Blues who had a lead, lost it, got it back. They came from behind being down by a goal as well. It was a terrific game after the first period, a very different second two periods than the first one was. An extremely disciplined second and third period where the Blues did not take any penalties. The Oilers took over 16 minutes of penalties. And the St. Louis Blues get the victory over the Edmonton Oilers to open up what is a huge four-game homestand with the Nashville Predators coming in for a late afternoon game on Saturday afternoon. You're going to hear from the winning goaltender, Jordan Bennington, Steve Ott, Drew Bannister as well. We'll get you the breakdown from Joe Vitale. Thoughts of the game from Tim Woodburn and more coming up on Curbside Reaction. Let's get you straight to the highlights. We get it right back into the middle. Butchnevich comes over to Pareko on the near wing. Keeps it along the boards. In behind the net. Open there is Kairou. Bounce it off the boards to Butchnevich. To Thomas right on. And a blocker save. Skinner again. Trying to center. Through to Thomas. He scores! Robert Thomas! On a brilliant pass from the far wall, buries it. And the Blues take a 1-0 lead. 9.47 to go, first period. McDavid cuts it into the middle, brings it over to Bouchard. He slaps it off of Kessel. It goes far wing. They score. Rebound goes over to the far side. And they're waiting to sniff it out as Dreisaitl. And a power play goal with Cairo in the box. Makes it a 1-1 hockey game. Blues go to work on the Rottler pest control penalty kill for the third time. Oilers center. What a save by Bennington. They put it in front to Zach Hyman, and he robbed him with the glove. McDavid, toe drag, shot on Bennington. Another big save. All the way to Nugent Hopkins near wing. Now to McDavid. Back door in front. Toe save. Bennington's made three beauties on this penalty kill. Oilers 
get it in. McDavid centers off the toe of Bennington. The puck stays loose. And Edmonton wins the puck battle to chip it in. 2-1 Edmonton as the Blues give up a goal in the final 30 seconds of the first period. Out of the corner, Shin to Kapanen. Wires it in another shot wide. Over to Tory Krug. Into the middle. Deflected on. Skinner the save. Neighbors a rebound. He scores! Jake Neighbors! They kept coming. They didn't stop. And Jake Neighbors makes it count. 2-2 two two the score. 18.51 to go. Second period. Kapanen wires one on. Save made. Stuart Skinner. At the line, Kessel holds it in. Wrist shot, save, rebound. Into the middle, it goes, they score! Krug buries it. Neighbors assisted it. 3-2, St. Louis. 11-23 to go, period number two. There's a quick one by Neighbors, they score! Rebound to the near side, and Jordy Cairo bangs it in. And once again, it's Jake Neighbors creating the mess in front of the net. Krug holds it in. Thomas again, shooting, and that one goes off the glove of the goalie. Coming to the near point, Krug there to hold it in. Not a Cairo. Back to Torrey Krug on an Amron, Missouri power play. Rink wide to Thomas. To the middle of Butch Davis. He scores! Big period for the Blues. Two on the power play. Butch Davis has scored. And with 24.9 to play in the second, it's 5-2 St. Louis. Up to the blue line they go. Kulak with a shot knocked wide. It's off of Bennington. And Perry's going to tuck it in and score. The Edmonton Oilers find some life. They make it 5-3. 8.46 to go in the third period. Here's McDavid finding Dreisaitl as the Oilers pull their goalie. Puck lost along the near wing. Saad shoots it to the empty net. He's got it. That's a goal. Brandon Saad in the empty net. And the St. Louis Blues make it a 6-3 score. 2.53 to play in the hockey game. Blues to the near wing. They go down low. Bennington jams that one away from Ryan. It's lifted out of the zone by Rosen. Three seconds to go, and that'll do it. Bring out the Zamboni. 6-3 homestand opening win for the St. Louis Blues over the Edmonton Oilers. And in game number 53, the Blues pick up their 29th win of the season. Big game from Neighbors and Thomas and the St. Louis Blues get a huge game from their goaltender Jordan Bennington. And the Blues win 6-3. Those are the highlights right after the game. Steve Ott. Put a bow on this one for us. Well, it starts uh, a heck of a hard series of games that we got to come up with. And, uh, you know, it's a huge two points and a great start. And uh, like you said with Jordan Bennington, he, he played outstanding. And uh, we had a great response from the second on. Uh, Steve, what was said in the locker room? What changed from one period to another? You guys completely dominated the second after a tough first. Well, it's about playing the game the right way, especially a team like that. Uh, with the transition speed, the type of skill we know, the world-class players that they have. Uh, if you play the wrong way, as in turning over pucks, it's going to come back down the other way awfully quick and have to rely a lot on your goaltending and defending. And for the, for the most part, the second period, we started putting pucks towards that goal line, found some offense that way as well, and uh, the, the game plans uh, continue to switch from there. Steve, we were talking with you at a practice day in Calgary about Jake Neighbors. What, what can you tell us about just his second period and uh, the, the spark that he can bring to this team? 
Well, the confidence just continues to grow. Um, you know, the, the plays, uh, we call them like glitchy plays at sometimes where a guy kind of overthinks things or whatnot. And when you have your full confidence and you grow as a young player, all those little uh, twitch moves kind of get out of your way and you just do it so naturally and so fast and you start seeing the next play. So the power play goal, for example, him just taking that right to the cage. There was no hesitation. He's taking a hard puck and then Cairo does his job by going back post and scores. And then the second one where he's going to the net and finds Kruger uh, with a backhand slip. That's just high-end ability and, and pure confidence out of the kid as he continues to grow. Jordan Bennington also joined us after the game talking not only Colton Pareko and the way the team played, but just how he gets up and loves this kind of competition. Yeah, you know, they got uh, some high-end talent on their side, and you know they're going to have some chances, and uh, it's, it's a fun game to, to rise up for, and I think we did a great job uh, coming out in the second period especially and, and closing it out in the third. It's not easy with the three-goal lead to, to play the right way and, and uh, you know, competing. So uh, it was good to, good to close it out. Jordan, Drew has, Drew Bannister, of course, your coach, has been going back and forth a lot with, with you and, of course, Joel Hofer. But when he gave you the nod that you're going on this one tonight against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, how excited were you for this matchup? Yeah, you know, we got a little strategy going, and uh, it's, uh, it's always fun, you know, especially we've been on the road for a little bit here in the break. So it's nice to be back at home, uh, you know, and, and going home after a big win. Jordan, one more for you here. Can you give us an idea of what it's like to play goal with a guy like Colton Pareko defending in front of you? Oh, real nice. Real nice. What exactly does he do that makes your job better? Uh, he's just he's just uh, in the right spot. He's very smart, uh, long stick, obviously, and uh, he's a competitor. So, um, you know, I love Big Pair, and uh, especially as a goalie in a D-man uh, relationship there. All right, let's go to the podium and check in with the head coach of your St. Louis Blues. Drew Bannister. It's a good uh, good response after you know the the second the latter half of the first period where you know we got ourselves into to penalty trouble and, and kind of fed to to their offense and their game and um, I just like the way we responded you know I really like the way we responded um, came out with a lot of energy you know uh, first ten minutes of that five on five in the first period we were really good like we did a lot of good things um, you know but. Uh, the penalties, you know, took away any momentum that we had from that, um, kind of fed into their game. Um, you know, we were bending a little bit there. Binner was, Binner was outstanding uh, in that period for us. Uh, but uh, the, the way we responded in the second period early on and get that game tied up and, you know, our power play went to work and later in that game, later in the second period and kind of gave us some, some separation. There was times in the first where <laughs> we weren't able to get pucks underneath, and uh, but I, I think overall, when I look at the the bigger picture of the game, like I thought we were we were pretty responsible with the puck, and we were able to get pucks, you know, behind their D and and, and you know get to a forecheck, and when we got to pucks, we were able to you know sustain some offensive zone time. I thought we did a good job of playing below the goal line, using the back of the net. Um, you know, better job of playing off the goalies' plat pads and, and finding rebounds here tonight. So, but but certainly, uh, I thought we we played a direct team. You know, a, a direct game uh, that was that was predictable for everybody on the ice. That, that kind of fed. You know, we were moving our feet. I thought tonight. You know, complete opposite of where we were in Toronto. You know, where we didn't have any energy. We weren't moving our feet like tonight. You know, our guys were skating and and they were competing. You made some huge saves for us. We had a lot of good players in our lineup here tonight. I thought we had a lot of guys show up, you know, top to bottom. But, you know, Binner was outstanding when we needed him. 
you know, and even that 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 save he made in the second period when it was two-two on the power play, uh, that's that's a game-changing save for us. I thought Jakey was great tonight. We had a tough game in Toronto, uh, everybody, and I thought all the guys responded properly. You know, they they came to play, uh, all of our guys, and and, and Jakey was one of them. And you know, all those guys stepped up. Uh, I thought our leadership did a great job. Our top line was real good here tonight with, with Robbie and, and Kairu and Bucci. I thought they really stepped up their game uh, against a tough opponent. But, you know, from, from top to bottom in our back end, I thought we were, we were really good. That's your Blues head coach, Drew Bannister, as the St. Louis Blues get a big win once again against another top team in the National Hockey League. They've been very good in that scenario since Drew took over as head coach. And now we check in with Joe Vitale, who helped us break this one down, starting with the importance of that kind of game on this homestand. I think that's where the game got shifted. I think that's where Edmonton creeped in with a doubt of this may not be our night. We can't get past this goalie. Uh, it's a real thing. It and really you made is. the comment, actually. I said in the right pregame. There, that he's going to get in their heads. Well, and I said it with Alex in the pregame. I said, you know, you look at that that stupid list that someone stupid threw out about the best goalies in the league, and I, I just don't get it. You know, I know the numbers aren't maybe there matching up against an Aiden Hill or, you know, Hellebuck, and those are certainly great goalies. I'm not taking anything away from them. But there is a there is an intimidation factor every time an opponent faces Jordan Bennington because he has proven – to win a championship after stealing games, stealing series, and he almost stole the series against the Colorado Avalanche mm-hmm. a couple of years ago before he got hurt. So there is this already instinctual doubt in opponent that we got to get to this guy early, and when you don't, you, you become a little doubtful. And that power play early in that first period was it for me. It's a 2-1 game, you know, and excuse me, a 1-1 game, and it could have been a 4-1 game with the amount of chances that Edmondson had on that power play. Two by Hyman, one by Connor McDavid. We're talking backdoor tap-ins for Hyman. We're talking the, the goals that Connor McDavid got saved on there where he would he would do it in his sleep. And I think that not only does it create doubt in Edmonton, it create creates a, a belief system in this St. Louis group that we got the goalie, we should be confident in that. Now let's go out there and let's make them pay. And, and of course, in that second period with the explosiveness of the four goals, four unanswered in that second period, that's where they took over. But you're right, Curbs. I think you got to go back to that power play where Hyman was just a snake bit on the doorstep, one to the right, one to the left, and the Blues just really found a lot of belief in themselves from there. A great intermission for Drew Bannister and Steve Ott, as you heard him talk about, and then the Blues just took over in that second period, never looked back. So the St. Louis Blues had a first period where it was that classic, what we've seen lately for the last year or so out of the Blues, Rush style of game, no real offensive pressure, no stops and starts on the puck, uh, not not waiting for chances and building momentum with offensive zone time. A complete flip of the – and three penalties taken, by the way. A complete flip of the script in the second, offensive zone time. Four check, great discipline, and the game was completely different as a result. There is a clearly a style of play the Blues have proven that helps them win hockey games and – hurts him and the first versus the second and third is very different yeah the first 20 minutes you take three penalties you're shorthanded for the first 20 minutes six out of the first 20 we see one power play for Edmonton and you knew right away you you can't come in and have success that way it was adjusted in the first intermission and of course the Blues came out and were very disciplined the next 40 minutes so that's number one but the more important thing is that they were trying to find success in the first 20 minutes off the rush 
We heard Tory Cruz comments. We know that this is a team that certainly would love to convert off the rush. You love the three on twos. You love coming up the ice with speed and, and taking advantage on the chances. But that doesn't make you sustainable to make wins and to put wins together and put a season together with a lot of success like offensive zone time is. The Las Vegas Golden Knights are, uh, Knights are a perfect example of just that. They can kill you off the rush. They can kill you off offensive zone time. They can beat you off the power play, and they have great goaltending. To me, that's like a four-headed monster. For St. Louis, last year, they really prided themselves on being a rush team. They had a ton of success on the rush. For moments and chapters and, and big bulks of the season, they actually led the league in goals for off the rush. But they didn't really manifest itself into a lot of wins the way they were hoping for, so they realized over the summer that they got to figure out a way to get more offensive zone time, meaning you chip the puck in, you get on the forecheck, you hunt pucks down, you win pucks in the offensive zone, you hang on to it below the goal line, you hang on to it below the hash marks, like we saw with the Robert Thomas opening goal with Nick Letty hitting him on the back door. Those type of goals really end up wearing your the, your opponent down, making your top players play in the defensive zone, like we saw Connor McDavid do a ton here this evening, and eventually you have a rush chance, you have an offensive zone chance, and now you have a complete game. And I think that's really what they inserted themselves in in that second period. You heard Steve I talk about it. Get to the offensive zone, chip it in, get in there with speed, start winning some battles below the goal line in the offensive zone and see what happens. And, of course, the four unanswered, two on the five-on-five, five, really sparked by Jake Neighbors, who had an incredible night. Maybe the best game I've seen him play in a Blues uniform. Uh, really got the Blues going in that second period. Well, the St. Louis Blues end up winning the faceoff battle. That helped with puck control. 78% on the dot tonight for Kevin Hayes. 57% for Braden Shen. And Robert Thomas was at 50% uh, as well. So the Blues were good on the faceoff dot. The special teams were good. And uh, so were the goaltending and the St. Louis Blues in the second and third period. They get the big victory. 6-3 to three was the final score. What do you have, Joe, for the Bud Light? Three stars of the game and your Joe Vitale. Work boots. Which I, we haven't seen much. Uh, you haven't worn those much this year. I've worn the boots. I've been kind of. You tucked the. You got the Red Wings tucked away in a closet. I'm here. gonna bring the Red Wings back out. Are they Red Wing boots? Are they're they're Red, oh, I love my Red Wing boots. boots. Yeah, I love my Red Wing boots. I don't I got, have a Red Wings logo on it, do you? Because I'd have to ban those from the booth too. <laughs> I got a uh, Robert Thomas. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Talk about your uh, Robert mix. Thomas third yep. star. I got Bennington at number two, and I actually have Jake Neighbors as number one. Uh, I know. I think he was number three on the the arena score. I think yep. it went. Uh, Neighbors, Bennington, and then Thomas. But I tell you what, Jake Neighbors to me, he was he was the catalyst here for this win here. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Work boots. I'm gonna go Nick Letty. Played some great minutes. Played against some top players. I think he did a great job skating, shutting things down, pushing things back offensively for the. And then of course his primary assist on the opening goal, getting in on the offense as well, which is always a cherry on top for Nick Letty, but uh, with, with Colton Pareko, you knew Colton was going to be good. Nick Letty was exceptional and did a great job shutting down some good players. Thank you, Joe. Tim Woodburn, a veteran broadcaster of hockey games. He did play-by-play -play for 12 seasons of hockey. He's also covered major and minor league sports for over 30 seasons. He's a part of the Curbside Reaction Podcast, and Tim Woodburn gives us his thoughts on last night's game. Well, Chris, this was a fun game to watch because the Blues are getting it up and down the score sheet. It was littered with a goal here, an assist there, a goal here, an assist there. Jake Neighbors continues to quietly climb his way up the ladder as one of the better rookies in the National Hockey League this year. And Robert Thomas did his thing as well. The Blues came from behind when trailing in the second period. You don't see that every day. 
but they did, and they just took uh, probably the hottest and best team in the National Hockey League to task and scored six goals on them. They still have to pay them twice more this year, and we'll see how that goes. But for tonight, the Blues, two big points. Every two points is big these days as the season is winding down into the final quarter of the year, and the Blues have... uh, an absolute chance of making the playoffs. Will they be buyers? Will they be sellers? Will they stand pat? It'll be a fascinating thing to watch as Doug Armstrong and Drew Bannister continue to navigate through tough waters and make the Blues a team that uh, nobody, I don't think, wants to play them right now. For Curbside Reaction, this is Tim Woodburn. Tim, thank you very much. You know, when we look at last night's game, there's another big takeaway, and you've got to go to the all-star for the St. Louis Blues, Robert Thomas. Connor McDavid had a tough time playing against the St. Louis Blues over the last number of years, and one of the biggest reasons was Ryan O'Reilly. He hated playing against Ryan O'Reilly. O'Reilly was that good. He was relentless. He was tenacious, and he gave him fits along defensively with Colton Pareko. Well, O'Reilly's gone, and that responsibility now shifted to Robert Thomas. Well, yeah, McDavid had a three-assist game. The Blues got the win, but Robert Thomas had a three-point game as well. And Robert Thomas now has put back-to-back-to-back three consecutive 40-assist or more seasons. He's the first guy to do it since Doug Waite did it. And the last 24 seasons of Blues hockey, only two players have had three consecutive seasons of 40 or more assists. Doug Waite, who did it four straight years, and Robert Thomas. But not only that, Robert Thomas was good on the faceoff dot, finishing the game at 50%. He took all the responsibility. He was penalty killing. He had power play time. He had even strength time. And Robert Thomas, with that responsibility against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, really did a heck of a job as at the young age of 24, is really turning into a top playmaker in the National Hockey League and really a guy that you can start throwing into selkie conversations even this year. I don't know if it's good enough, especially with a team overall performance, to be a selkie finalist. But if you expand that selkie award out to six, seven players in the National Hockey League, I don't think you're doing a complete job if you're not considering Robert Thomas to be in for that. That's the type of player he's developing. And I referenced Ryan O'Reilly. One of the reasons is Robert Thomas was on that ice all that time at practices learning from Ryan O'Reilly, and no doubt that has had an impact on Robert Thomas. On top of that, don't forget when you consider the development of Thomas in the NHL, the first couple seasons he didn't play center. He was a winger playing on that line with Tyler Bozak and Pat Maroon his first year. It really wasn't until his third year in the league that he started getting regular shifts as a centerman, and look at what he is doing. You want to talk about Craig Berube bringing up young guys and develop them into NHL players while at the NHL level, you've got to look at Robert Thomas as one of those great success stories. He was terrific last night, another three-point game. Robert Thomas is at the 60-point plateau, and again, his third straight season of 40 or more assists. Well, that's today's edition of Curbside Reaction. We bring it to you after each and every St. Louis Blues game. We'll have another one for you Saturday afternoon after the Blues play the Nashville Predators. That's a 4 o'clock St. Louis time faceoff. The Predators getting clobbered last night by the Dallas Stars in Nashville by a score of 9-2. Well, they will show up in some ill humor. We'll see if the Blues can make it another home win on a big head-to-head matchup on two teams 
battling it out now for a playoff spot. The Blues currently hold not only the playoff spot, but they also hold a four-point lead courtesy of yesterday's win over the Edmonton Oilers. Thanks for tuning in to Curbside Reaction, your next day postgame podcast featuring everything St. Louis Blues. We bring it to you after each and every St. Louis Blues game. It's uploaded by the next morning for you. Make sure to check it out with special editions as well on anything that needs some type of St. Louis Blues reaction. I'm Chris Kerber. Have a great start to your weekend, and we'll talk to you Saturday. We will see you at the rink.